This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, the podcast where I like to talk to people that I like about something that I like, which is the paranormal. I have got on the show today the hilarious comedian, actor, internet sensation, Vinnie Thomas. But before we get to that, I have got a story. This was sent to me by a listener named me? Okay, sorry to take this one over, but I think I encountered a ghost this past weekend. Let me tell you the story. Now, I will spare you some details for a few different reasons. Okay, I stayed at a haunted hotel. Now, this is like a smaller hotel, not well known for being haunted. Honestly, I don't think it's like that haunted. And I'm just going to leave out the name in the location because, you know, uh, while, yes, some people like you freaky-deaky people that listen to this show, a lot of you would like to stay in a haunted hotel. Um, 
There's also a lot of people like myself that would prefer not to sleep in a haunted hotel. So, um, you know, some hotels like to talk about it, some don't. I don't know the status on this one. But either way, it's not that relevant, to be honest. Let me just tell you the ghost part. So I get to this hotel and I was staying for a couple of days. I was in between jobs and just getting away, you know, and relaxing. And as soon as I check in, the staff is like, oh, whatever. They knew I like to talk about ghosts. So they're like, guess what? This place is haunted. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I kind of just want to, like, relax. I don't. I don't want that. Of course, secretly, a little bit, I'm like, okay, it gives me something to talk about, maybe. We'll see. Um, But also, I'm like, okay, tell me the stories. I want to hear it all. So they started telling me about different things within the hotel that are haunted. They didn't, it wasn't to the point where there's all this lore around it. It just seemed like it's an old building and people that work here and sometimes other people that have stayed here have reported this, that, or the other. Just little things, ghost things happening. So I was like, God, hope it doesn't happen like in my room. But they didn't seem to have any details about the haunted room, room seven. Like, no, it it wasn't like that. So anyway, stay in my room first night. Everything was fantastic. Actually, I slept amazing. Second night. Okay, now I this is the second time I'm going to have to spare some details because um, sometimes my mother listens to this podcast. But basically, uh, I'll just say... I met a nice gentleman who I later invited over for conversation to my hotel room. At this point, I wasn't thinking about the fact that it was haunted because I'm like, whatever, nothing happened last night. It's like it's just a little thing about this place. Yeah, it's an old building. All old buildings are haunted a little bit, right? Whatever. So for whatever reason, conversation or something, this gentleman is over, okay? And by the way, before he comes over, I'm like— I don't feel like looking too cute. I'm just going to put on a little lip, you know, one of those days. Just a nice little lip, a little mascara, brush my hair. That's it. I took a shower, you know, but I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not going all out. I'm not giving them TV ready, okay? So this young man comes over to my hotel room. I decide I'm going to turn the lights down a little low, Okay feeling a little self-conscious. And this guy's great. He's wonderful. We're having a great time. We're getting to know each other. We're talking. Very, you know, innocent mom. So we're sitting on the couch in the hotel room talking. And the overhead lights all turned on at the same time. He turns to me and he's like, how did that just happen? And I was like, um, they told me that this place is haunted. He's like, I don't know about that. I don't believe that. Like, I'm I'm more into science. And then he's like, well, it's an old building, maybe like the wires or whatever. Now, let me add, there was a lot of lights in this room. I'm more of like a lamp person. You know, I don't usually do like the main, this was like an overhead ceiling light above the couch. Like, I, I never turned that on once. Um, so it was very shocking. I'm not going to lie. So I got up. I turned it off as quickly as possible, and I scampered back over to the couch. Honestly, I have a theory that these shady-ass ghosts wanted this gentleman to see what he was getting himself into, because here I am thinking I'm slick. Oh, I can just turn down the lights a little bit. Maybe I'll look like my pictures from the internet. These ghosts really exposed me. 
Um, I will say that did not scare off the gentleman. So that was that. I stayed there for one other night. I slept there that night by myself. It never happened ever again. But it was very strange, which the fact that it never happened before or after that, it also was like, okay, this is not like a thing that kind of happens sometimes. And, oh, whoops, like the lights just turn on at 8 o'clock every night. Like that that wasn't that. So I don't know. It seemed pointed. It seemed like shade from the other side. Anyway, I had such a fun time with Vinnie Thomas. You might laugh. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Vinnie Thomas. On with the show. Oh, my God. I am joined by the hilarious sensation Vinnie Thomas. Hello. Damn, I appreciate it. Hi, everyone. I think that you are the funniest person on my Instagram feed right now that I currently follow. So don't mess that up. That's wildly high praise. I'm obsessed with your videos. I think you are so funny. I first, I came on board when you had, um, was it the Pigeons at Pride? A Pigeons at Pride, yeah. That was pretty iconic where you are portraying pigeons at Pride. They're so wacky, man. Like, they only want one thing. Do you know what I mean? They want bread. They only want bread. Yeah. To see all of these these homosexuals dancing around willy-nilly, doing their twirls and whatnot, when all you want is bread, must be a slap in the face. That's frustrating. Yeah. I get that. But anyway, we're here to talk about ghosts. Yeah, we digress. We digress. We're here for ghosts. Speaking of spooky things, to me, you know, spooky is very subjective. Um, you know, I, I have a fear of snakes. And behind you on this Zoom call, you have your beautiful snake. Yes. Whose name is? Uh, Mrs. Gutierrez. I love, first of all, I love that she's married and I love Latina representation. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people who have snakes, first of all, it's a very specific type of person, right? We all know the kind of person. They have gauges. They have tattoos. They name their snake like killer or hater or whatever. I don't know. They give it mean, scary names. Uh-huh. I'm not going to give a snake a scary name. You want to make sure she's approachable. And Ms. Gutierrez, first and foremost, is a lady. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she's a lady in the neighborhood. So I just wanted to give her an approachable name like Mrs. Gutierrez. Is there a Mr. Gutierrez? This is going to sound weird. She was used for breeding purposes. Okay. The guy I got her from bred Rosie Boas. So I think at some point she must have had a man. But no, she's single. She's ready to mingle. Um, yeah, and we're roommates. Good for you. You know, <laughs> and I'm somebody that does public speaking and I go ghost hunting. And so I know that those are things that are terrifying to other people. But another day in the office for me. So what scares you about snakes? Just like the way they move? The way they move. It's so funny. I completely forgot that you have a snake. Last night, I was home late and I started Googling how many times have people been eaten alive by their pet snakes? This had nothing to do with you. Or maybe it was a premonition. And I found a lot. Uh, Not so many eaten, but a lot of crushed to death, you know. Crushed to death, yeah. The cops come in and the the snake is chewing on the person's face. Look, I feel like I would rather have a snake. I feel like if you die and you have cats, then they're going to eat you. Do you know what I mean? That's true. So I don't know if like one is better, one is worse. I don't know. Snakes are easier to take care of, I'll say that. Well, I would like you... (laughs) To feed me a frozen mouse-sized serving of the paranormal. (laughs) 
seamless transition, Roz. Incredible, truly. Do you believe in the paranormal? I do. I accept that there are some things that are, yeah, what am I going to get on this podcast and be like, I only believe in science. You know, no, I, we don't. Think, we don't do that here. No, of course not. That's wacky. That's crazy. <laughs> of course, there are some weird things that that happen. You know, they just came out with the uh, the alien stuff. You know, there was a whole hearing about that. So who's to say? Uh, who's to say the undead aren't next? Right? Ooh. Have you ever encountered what you believe to be either an alien or a ghost or a cryptid or anything of that nature? I don't know if I've encountered. A ghost on my own. I never had like a raw ghost experience. <laughs> raw? <laughs> okay. I feel like outside of the context of like a ghost tour, like a haunted tour, I've never encountered a ghost. I would love to someday, if a ghost is listening, I would love to meet you. I would love to break bread and just get into it. Wait a minute. Are you one of those pigeons? What are you talking about, bread? Is there one of those pigeons in there wearing a Vinnie Thomas suit? I've... <laughs> I forgot I referenced bread already in this podcast. I should have said something else. Have broken some ectoplasm. What do ghosts eat? Um, Fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I went on a tour of the uh, the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, because that's where I'm from. Iconic. <laughs> is it iconic, Rob? Oh, my God. Stanley Hotel? Absolutely. It's what The Shining is based on. It's one of the most famous haunted places in America. It's very spooky. They take you on this tour... And at one point, they'll stop in a hallway and the tour guide, she'll lift her hands up. <laughs> she'll lift her hands up and she'll say, okay, everybody take a look. Sometimes the the ghosts of the kids in here like to play. And she'll point to her lanyard and her little lanyard will wiggle back and forth like this. But is she wiggling? I don't Look, to this day, I don't know if it was ghosts or magnets. If I was her, if I was trying to scam someone, I would have put a magnet in the wall and then just put some metal in the lanyard and stood next to it. Uh, okay. But... It also could have been an apparition who wants to play a little game. I know if I was a child ghost and I wanted to play, it wouldn't be pushing a lanyard back and forth. Yeah. I would like break out a Monopoly board or something. Do you know what I mean? I would say pay me. You would say pay me. You want me to perform? Pay me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's what they got to do is put out a little tip jar and then the ghost perform. Exactly. That would be fire. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool, though. Um, I have not yet been to the Stanley Hotel, but I need to go. It's definitely on my bucket list, and I'm jealous that you've been. Um, You were just telling me about a story of your grandmother. What is that? Yeah, my great-grandmother. Okay. This is one of those stories that happened such a long time ago. Sometimes I don't know if it actually happened or it was an incredibly vivid dream I had that has wormed its way into my memory. But at my great-grandmother's funeral, I was lifted up to kiss her on the forehead. Okay. How old are you at this point? I was very young. Could you imagine if I was like, I was 15 years <laughs> old? I think I was like, I don't know, two or three, three or four, maybe three or four. Okay. Um, and she smiled a little bit like this. <laughs> Just like, you guys can't see it, but I did a little smirk. It was very funny. And um, I think about that a lot. I think... Something pushed her mouth up a little bit to make her look happy. I don't know if she smiled or if like something in that funeral home gave it a little push. That had a little string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I believe it. Do you? Absolutely. And you know what? I believe that you believe it. Next time I kiss a dead person, they better smile. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, sure. Anything is possible. Yeah, and I mean, it happened to you at a young age, and you believed it, and you you continue to believe it. And I mean, why not? If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but Watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. But will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. What about you, Rod? Do you have ghost experiences like all the time? No, not all the time. I'm not somebody that's quick to say that something's a ghost. Like, for my own experience. If I wasn't there, okay, maybe, sure, why not? Yeah. But if I'm there, I mean, you got to really prove yourself to me. I think I'm that way too. I think it's a really, really high bar. Yeah. Especially if I'm in like a tour setting. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or a setting that I assume to be spooky. I feel like that's all usually a setup. It's always the weird places, you know, like you're in the woods or something. Mm-hmm. That's where a ghost is, you know? Totally. Well, okay, I want to tell you about this this case that I researched. Uh-oh. That took place in a haunted house. <gasps> Wait. What? A haunted haunted house or like a Halloween haunted house where teenagers like scream at you and slap you around and stuff? <laughs> slap you around? <laughs> um, No, like this is actually a story... That is very, very unusual for a variety of reasons, Um, particularly because the people lived in the house and then 20 years into living in it, it became haunted. Mm. It's not a story you hear a lot. This story is about a family known as the Pomeranian family. Also a unique last name. It very much sounds like Pomeranians. Uh, I have watched now two documentaries about this family, and constantly when they're interviewing people that knew the family, it sounds like they're saying they're referring to a family of Pomeranians living in a house. But no, it is not. This is a real family that is led by Harry Pomeranian. Oh, come on. Harold. Come on, bitch. Harry Pomeranian. (laughs) Someone's name. (laughs) Someone is named Harry Pomeranian. That's unacceptable. Harold Pomeranian and Mabel Pomeranian. Okay. So most of the info I got here is from these two documentaries. One of them is called Michigan Hell House, which you can watch on Max. It's a special. Um, And there's also one that is called 
A Haunting on Dice Road, colon, The Hell House. <laughs> and it is by a paranormal investigator slash rapper, Stephen T. Shippey, also known as the rapper Prozac. Uh, if anybody watches that one, I will say it's a very scary movie. I don't 100% believe the footage that they capture because it's part documentary where they're interviewing people that knew the Pomeranians. <laughs> then the other part is him investigating it. And this man catches ghosts left and right. They're like full-on white figures moving around in the background. I don't know if I believe all that. Yeah. Anyway, so, Mabel and Harry Pomeraining. Why do you always say that name like it tastes bad in your mouth? Pomeraining. Which, to be fair, it does. It's a crazy name. I actually, my Mrs. Gutierrez is a Pomeranian named Rocky. And I love Pomeranians. Oh. It's hard for me to say Pomeraining. Because it feels like an insult to the name Pomeranian. Oh, my God. Like you're perverting it somehow. I wish it was Pomeraining. Okay, it's like raining men, but it's raining Pomeranians. (laughs) That would be my dream. Anyway, what happened to Mabel? Yeah. So they built this house in 1951 in Merrill, Michigan, which is a farm area population, about 761 people, about. And they never had any problems until 1974. It's the middle of the night. Mm. They're all, you know, sleeping, Mm -hmm. enjoying the silence. And bam! Uh. A window smashes, waking the family up. Of course, they get out of bed. They're like, what's going on? No culprits. Nothing. Oh, my God. Nobody. Not even the sound of tires screeching when they leave? Nothing. Nothing. Now, maybe it was one of those pigeons looking for bread. Maybe it flew into the window. Roz, don't be ridiculous. It couldn't have possibly been a pigeon. Be serious, Roz. Okay, okay, I will. So, Harry Pomeraining gets out of the house I'm going to just assume he had a gun. And he's like, <laughs> who the fuck did that? And there's nobody. So every single night after this, they're hearing pounding in the walls. Mm-mm. Outside, it kind of sounds like, bam, bam, bam. Like so hard. The whole house is kind of shaking a little bit. They're hitting so hard. Mm-hmm. They start calling the cops because they're like, we think there's clearly a human or somebody's out there. Someone is pounding right outside of our house. Or getting pounded. I know, that's right. So they call the cops literally every single night. And every single night the cops come and they're like, these fucking people again. I swear to God. Um, (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Nobody. They can't find anything. One cop says that he actually went there. He showed up at the house. He went in. He saw a light bulb burst on its own. Yeah. He saw a picture frame fall off the wall. Mm. Every single night, they started doing stakeouts out there, and they would look for footprints. So the cops are aware of the ghost. They've seen evidence of the ghost. They believe that a ghost is there. Yes, but, like, they're kind of like, come on. Like, this can't be a ghost. Also, these people have lived in this house for 23 years. So they're like, what is this? Wow. All the tax money we send to police and they can't figure out a way to trap a ghost? Really? But I can imagine these cops are like, okay, this is embarrassing. Like, we've seen some stuff now, too, and we can't figure this out. Yeah. And I think that their masculinity or, you know, whatever, their pride was being hurt by this because they really got (laughs) determined. I mean, these guys, they were dusting for fingerprints all the time. And they got to a point where they concluded this has to be somebody inside the house. 
The call's coming from inside the house. Whoa. Because they're like, we've done everything outside every single night. Yeah. Even neighbors can hear it. The pounding is so loud. (laughs) So they go, it's someone inside. They go, you know who it is? It's Terry Pomeraining, one of the sons. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. They had two sons. Gender neutral name. That's how you know. (laughs) Terry. (laughs) So they bring Terry in for questioning, and they made him take a polygraph. He completely passed. The whole family, they made them take polygraphs. And they're like, we are not banging on our walls. Seriously. What time frame did this happen again? Like around when? 1974. 1970. So this was peak serial killer, mind you. Yeah. (laughs) The cops are spending all these resources (laughs) trying to catch the ghost of this house. Well, it is a small town. So I don't know how much they had going on, to be honest with you. This was probably a big deal for them. It's probably huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the phone was ringing. They're like, what the hell else are we going to do? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. What are we going to kiss? Right, fellas? We're going to kiss each other? (laughs) Yeah. Wouldn't that be weird? (laughs) So at this point, Harry Pomeranian is getting pissed off at these cops. He's like, seriously, you guys can't figure this out. I guess we're going to go to the next best thing, which is the Catholic Church. (laughs) So they call a priest in. They weren't even Catholic. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Their pastor refused to come to the house because he could tell, and the word was starting to spread, chirps were going around Merrill, Michigan, that this is an evil house. Yeah. I wouldn't trust just any religion to do this. It has to be a religion that has garb. You know what I mean? (laughs) If you're not dressed in robes and necklaces or whatever, if you're just some guy down the block who's like a youth pastor or whatever. Right. I'm sorry, you're not cut out for this. I need somebody that is not married, that they dedicate their life to this. Yeah. I need a suspiciously single man to take care of this problem. In a dress. In a dress. Bedazzled. (laughs) So he blesses the house. Shit gets worse. Oh, my God. The banging ghost says, oh, you want to play that game? Okay. Comes back the next night for a sequel. And it's louder and more crazy. Now, here's the thing that's real interesting. One month before all this began in 1974, this mysterious woman, it's heavily implied via reenactments that she was dressed in all black, kind of goth looking girl. So she's hot. We got there. Super hot goth lady. I don't know. She comes by the house one day. She just moved in down across the street or something nearby. And she's like, hey, I want to buy your house. And Harry Pomeranian's like, the fuck you are? I built this house in 1951. She's like, I want to buy your house. And he's like, no, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, you're going to regret that. <gasps> and then she disappeared in a puff of smoke. Just about, because <laughs> she had told other neighbors that she was a witch. People witnessed her outside Dancing around like she was worshiping the sun. She would gyrate around this pit full of fire outside. Yeah. One day, the son, Dwayne Pomeraining. Oh, God. Who was, I believe, either a teenager or early 20s living at home. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one day, he's coaxed into her home. He says he doesn't remember much, but somehow she's like, come here. He goes into the house. <laughs> He literally doesn't remember anything except seeing candles around the house. Okay. I will say she probably didn't have to do much. If she popped one titty out. (laughs) For a teenage boy. Yeah. She could pop a single titty out and she could just back into the house. (laughs) That's it. Well, the crazy part is she gave him a haircut. Oh, no. So she has the family's hair. Now she's got some hair. Oh, Roz. I don't know if she gave him a fade. I don't really know what she did. 
Exactly. But she did a little super cuts on it and now has his hair. He comes home and his brother says, okay, he was acting so weird. Drops to the ground, has a seizure. <gasps> Wait, Dwayne or Terry? Dwayne, the one that just got a haircut. Oh, Lord. Had the seizure. Had a seizure. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So it is strongly believed that this woman was doing some kind of dark magic that was affecting the house. And they don't know this woman's name? They don't know who she is or anything? No, they did. I mean, just a little bit. She had just moved in right before all this started happening. You know what would be crazy is, like, if we find out what her name is and it's just something totally normal, like, her name is, like, Lisa Fontoli. Oh, my God. I started that documentary last night about the cult on HBO Max. I can't remember what it's called. But the girl's name was Sarah Carlton or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) And they were calling her God. No, uh-uh. Sarah Carlton is not God. Sarah Carlton works it off his depot. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's not, she's not, she's not immortal. She's just a lady. Vanessa Carlton, different story. That's a God. So anyway, from below the house, they start feeling explosions is all they can do to describe it. It's just, whoa, to the point where they're feeling lifted up from the ground. Super loud. The banging's continuing. An officer, apparently, was actually injured in a line of duty after one of these reports. And by the way, you can actually Google their um, MLive, which is Michigan's uh, like main news source. They have articles that have police reports in it, like actual photocopies of them or whatever. And it's crazy. Wow. So the sons are starting to hear voices in the house, including one that would say, I'm going to kill your family. Mabel got attacked one day by a pillow. Oh, no. That tried to suffocate her. Okay, at first, when you said pillow, I thought, oh, that's not so bad. And then you said suffocate, and I thought to myself, oh, that is, it's actually very bad. Oh, yeah. And Mabel's still with us now. They didn't get her. Um... No! Okay, Ross, keep going. Okay, so the cops accidentally gave the local press access to the reports, which at this point, you know, there was uh, people were talking around the neighborhood. Yeah. But the people from the press would go into the police station every day to be like, what do you guys got for us? And this was like a private matter. And somehow they accidentally got their hands on it and it became front page news that this house keeps calling the cops every night because they're hearing bangs and they think it's haunted. Yeah. So, of course, people start driving up every single night. There's, like, crowds outside. Everyone's, like, obsessed. And now the the ghost there is like, okay, we got an audience. It's time for me to step it up. Okay. Now we have a star on our hands. Well, (laughs) it's when the fire started. (gasps) Not pyrotechnics, Roz. Pyro. Wow. So a paranormal investigator from Duke University's Cyclical Research Foundation was actually called in by the cops. Again, these cops were like, we need to not feel crazy right now. Somebody needs to validate us. (laughs) So they call them in. This paranormal investigator witnessed three spontaneous fires. Dwayne and Mabel were home one day when a toilet paper roll burst into flames. Oh, my God. And we know for a fact that was a ghost and not like Mabel trying to hide the evidence after she did some horrible mess in there. 
Because <laughs> I would do the same thing. If I was over someone's house and I tore up the bathroom, I would light it on fire. I'd say, oh my God. <laughs> you guys, it was what? crazy. You guys, it was crazy. How did this happen? No, it was a ghost. I thought you were going to say, like, after you have those spicy hat Cheetos, that toilet paper is on fire. You know, I was trying to think of what food I could say that would be safe to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I can't say any cuisines. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a snack fast enough. But I should have said hot Cheetos, yeah. There you go. But I, I, you know, I do like that. It's not one I've ever thought of, which is burn the toilet paper and then say, you guys, I think it's a ghost. Yeah, I would blame it. I'd be like, someone was smoking marijuana cigarettes and they left it on the toilet roll. Shame on them. And I stopped it. I put the fire out. Oh, and they didn't flush. <laughs> and they didn't flush. Ooh, they're gross. Who could have done this? Oh, wait, I think you guys should leave and let me have a little bit of time in here with the ghost because I, think, I yeah. think it might be coming back and maybe I... And if you hear any, like, moaning or shouting from the bathroom, it's the ghost for sure. Totally. <laughs> that ghost grunts. Okay, anyway. Yeah, we digress. So... This was witnessed by the paranormal investigator. He saw the whole thing. And you know what's crazy? There are reports out there that you could see, like official reports from the fire inspector that says there is no reasonable explanation for how this could have happened because the fire came from within the toilet paper roll. Yeah. And for the oxygen, for it to expand the fire, it wouldn't have been possible, they say. So pretty strange. Anyway. Wow. There was three fires, you know, that that I know of, at least. Um, so much stuff happened. Yeah. It seemed like it was nonstop. And reports that I have read, I didn't really get this from the documentaries I saw, but from other research I was doing, the family left after these fires mm. because it was just too stressful, too scary. And Harry and Mabel did uh, pass not much after it is really sad. The sons are interviewed in these documentaries, and they believe that the stress of this just, like, took such a toll on the parents that they passed young. But another family had moved in, and— Wait, hold up. Before we get to the other family, did the the Pomerangatans, Palmer, Palmer did they build the house, or— Yes, in 1951. Did... So the ghost came in from somewhere else? or is... From the witch lady. Oh, the ghost is from the witch lady. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. I thought she was just part of it. But from the witch lady, they think. It is highly theorized. Let's go back. They're living there for 20 years. Witch lady moves in. Yeah. She wants the house. They say no. A month later, banging, fires, cops, press. Yeah. So. Two of the Pomeran... The Pomer... Pomeranings. Pomeranings. Die. That was after they had already left the house. After they had left the house. Yeah, yeah. But the stress, they think the stress could have caused it, uh, the sons. They died, you know, young, relatively young. You know, they died in, in the 80s, I believe. Yeah. So, um, you know, they think that the stress of this, because, I mean, these people had like, I don't know how long this entire thing lasted, but if you have a couple of years where you're not sleeping because there's banging nonstop, that's going to take a toll. Yeah, that's true. And believe me, I know. In this apartment building, hoo-hoo. Banging? There's ba banging on every floor. <laughs> well, just to do a little summary of some of the people that were called in on this case. Bell Telephone, the local and state police, the FAA. Wow. The U.S. Geological Survey brought seismographs. Oh, my God. Uh, the police brought in the paranormal expert, a different one that used a Ouija board. And during a session, they saw a large knife get thrown across the kitchen. Oh, shut up. Uh, if knives are flying and there's fire, this is very dangerous. 
I'm out. I'm not staying. For a ghost to be able to move stuff physically and like firebend and stuff, that's wild, man. Yes. So another family has lived there for over 30 years now. I don't know. It seems like it was the same family this whole time from what I'm pretty sure of. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because I did find an article where they're like, not much has happened. <laughs> you know, a thing or two. The witch woman did leave. So, you know, is that related? I don't know. In both of these documentaries I watched, they do current investigations. And it seems like there is something still going on at this house. But the family, it seems like the ghost was really after that family. So do you think that the witch lady maybe like sicked a demon on him or something it just seems like a very powerful whatever it was i don't even know she wanted something in that house hmm. and one of these documentaries they ask a kind of uh black magic witchcraft expert type person and she thinks it sounds like the woman wanted to live in the one place and have the other place be her office you know, she wanted the Pomeranian house to be where she conducted all that stuff. Damn, I wish I could do this. Start fires in other people's houses to get them to move out so I could move in. Because it's hard out here in L.A., man. It's hard. <laughs> also, she must have had money. I don't know what she did outside of her witchcraft. Yeah. Maybe she got hair and she made a lot of money doing it. I don't know. I think all this could boil down to her being broke. Because why wouldn't she just buy a different house? You know? I think she wanted both houses, though. She wanted her house and this house. There's got to be two houses somewhere else in that entire state. Do you know what I mean? I know. Who knows? Maybe she figured it out. But anyway, the family that lives there now, they say that they have seen a white kind of glowing face peeking into the window. Mm. Yeah. So that's the story of the Michigan Hell House. Do you believe it? Um... I think I believe it because they've got so much official backing. You know, you mentioned the geological survey. Uh, college people came down. It seems like a lot. I, I, I would I would believe most of it. I do think some people tend to believe whenever a woman is wearing a black dress, she is evil. Do you know what I mean? Like she did it, you know? Right. Especially in the 70s. If a single woman is wearing a black dress, they're just going to think she's evil regardless. You know, she doesn't she doesn't have a husband at home. Yeah, she did this. Well, I will say with the one documentary I watched, I believe it was the one called Michigan Hell House. The witchcraft expert was saying like, based on what I'm hearing about this lady, she doesn't sound like she was Wiccan. Yeah. Like she doesn't sound like she was just witchy and maybe doing some kind of ceremonies with the earth outside. Because, you know, again, they were seeing her dancing around outside. There were reports of like seeing other people as if it was a coven or something performing these ceremonies. So she was saying it sounds a lot like this woman was trying to do some evil stuff. She also had three iron X's on the outside of her house, which is believed to be something that will ward off evil. So it's as if she was like, oh, I make evil. I don't bring it home with me. Mm. So she was kind of she had her shield up. Yeah. Also, that's kind of sickening, like triple X outside of your house. Honestly, yeah, it's kind of hot. And her aesthetic seems really put together, really well thought out. Whether she did these things or not, I applaud her for being a woman who gets things done. <laughs> because in this day and age, it's so easy to give up. Yeah. And she saw it through. She cut that boy's hair, what I'm hoping is a bowl cut, and she used that hair to purge these people from their own house. The house, the pomegranates... 
built themselves. That's wild, Roz. Imagine the power. That is powerful. Now I'm terrified the next time I get a haircut. Yeah, I'm going to ask to keep it. Yeah, I want that. Yeah. I grew it. Give it to me. That's mine. <laughs> I'm going to tell him, don't you, let, don't you let that twink sweep that up. That's not going to waste. What's he going to do with that? Exactly. No, I'm going to make a doll. Hey, speaking of, can I show you a haunted doll on eBay? Oh my gosh, yes. It's time for a segment I like to call The Dolls Are Living. <laughs> Jiha, can you throw up this doll for us? I would like for you, Vinnie Thomas, to meet Benjamin. Benjamin doesn't look haunted. Shut up. Benjamin's not haunted. Benjamin's just a little guy. Okay, Benjamin is a teddy bear. Not a scary looking one. A lot of times we look at real scary looking ones. I thought this was going to be a porcelain girl with like ratty hair, a real, a real Cynthia type from Rugrats. This is a whole other thing. Right. But that's almost hack at this point. You know what I mean? Like you got to keep the people on their toes. <laughs> you know, people are expecting that girl to be haunted. What they're not expecting is Benjamin. And Benjamin looks like a Build-A-Bear workshop kind of a doll, just a just a regular old teddy bear. He has a Christmas sweater on and a Christmas hat to the side. Mm-hmm. But the thing with all of these dolls is that they come with backstories. Oh, my gosh. That's the part that I like. So this is Benjamin. It says, uh, by the way, he's going for $18.00. So a little bit of a discount, Diva. And um, if anybody wants to see what he looks like, just go to Ghosted by Roz on Instagram, and I'll have the picture there. Okay, so it says he is 22 years old, Mm. and he passed away in a skiing accident. He's loving, a sweet guy, and he's gay. And he needs a good home. He worked at an animal shelter, and also he was involved in many animal rescues. He also did fundraisers for the shelter and helped in any other way he could. He is an advocate against animal abuse and has attended many rallies and gave speeches. He also loves cooking and baking and often would bake cookies and other goodies to bring to work for everyone. He also made homemade dog treats. Uh, he, He was still learning how to ski when he, his boyfriend, and some of their friends went to a skiing trip. Mm. He had met a nice guy, and they had been dating for about seven months, and he had planned on asking him to marry him on his birthday, and he had it all set up to do so. He is sad that his life got cut short and didn't have the chance to get married. Benjamin is very friendly, nice, and kind. He sometimes flickers our lights and opens and shuts doors. At times, we smell cookies or other goodies baking, although we're not making anything. He also sometimes turns on our TV and he has knocked on our doors, walls, and windows and sometimes makes other noises. He is ready for a new home. Can you help him? (laughs) $18. I'm a little perplexed. Were you also a little perplexed? When they say Benjamin died, are they describing the person whose soul was grafted onto this bear? Okay. Now, this is old for me, but I understand. Some people... Some people aren't deep into the eBay haunted doll world as I am. (laughs) Some people, uh, everyone but me. So it is believed. Mm. I I think that when you die, you either get heaven, hell, nothing, or a doll that gets sold on eBay. That's what you get to choose. (laughs) Those are your four options. I don't know if it's Toy Story. I don't know what it is. 
But it's believed by these people that sell these on eBay, and there are thousands at a time, that somebody has died and somehow, some way, ended up inside of a doll. And how do their stories get to, like, do they write them in the fog on the bathroom mirror? Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, really? Okay, got you. That's one way. That tracks. So there's a little gay, there's a gay, there's a gay man, there's a young gay man. Yes. Trapped inside of this bear. I don't know if he's trapped, you know, maybe it was his choice. I'm not sure. But either way, he has somehow ended up in this bear. Um, He misses his possible fiance and he likes cooking. (laughs) And is that, and that's enough for you to want to buy it? No, I don't want this in my house. So- it doesn't meet the criteria for, like, the standards you would... Would you ever buy a Honda doll or no? No, I would never buy any of these, but I'm fascinated by them. And if you would like, I have access to $18. I could send you Benjamin. I mean, listen, he likes animals. You like animals. No, I don't want Benjamin up in my house. I don't want Benjamin... Because you know what? Died in a skiing trip. Mary, we know what that means. What does that mean? Cocaine. I don't want... <laughs> <laughs> What I'm waiting for is somebody that listens to my show to be like, my friend Benjamin <laughs> died in a skiing accident and like to ski. Is is this Benjamin? Look. It couldn't be the same Benjamin. That hasn't happened yet? It hasn't happened yet, but I'm waiting for that. That is my dream. I think, look, first of all, I don't know if I would clock this bear as a gay bear up top. The only thing that's maybe giving a little bit gay is the fact that his little beanie cap is cocked off to the side. Christmas is kind of gay. It's pretty gay. I guess Christmas is gay, but I feel like there are gayer holidays. Like, I don't know, Easter. He could have been in little pants, little zoot suit. I don't know. I mean, Christmas is pretty gay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. If I were to get this, if I were to purchase this, I would put it probably in a jar and I would fill the jar with like some kind of liquid. Do you know what I mean? Poppers. Poppers. And I would fill the jar with poppers and he would never leave. He would float around in there and he'd have the time of his life and he'd be rock hard for eternity. And that's it, you know? And we're going to give him the send off that he wants and that he deserves. You know what I might do, Roz, is I might go to Build-A-Bear Workshop and they would hate this, but I, I put together a little leather daddy bear. I go and find some little straps and stuff and I just sit them together in the popper's jar and then that's <gasps> it. He'd be happy. He wouldn't bother me. He wouldn't tap on the walls or anything. He'd be a roommate. Oh, that's cute. I think so. All right, send me your address in the chat, and uh, we'll make this happen. I'm not doing that. That was all a bit. Don't send me this bear. Okay. (laughs) You want to hear some ghost voices? Yes. It's time for... EVPs. Or EVPs. Have you ever heard of the term EVP? No. What is EVP? EVP is electronic voice phenomenon. So when people go ghost hunting... They capture a ghost speaking on any kind of audio equipment. doesn't really matter as long as it's a ghost speaking. I like to find some of these that people post on YouTube, TikTok, wherever. And I'm going to play you two of them. And I want you to tell me what you hear. And then I'll give you some options. One of them being what the ghost hunter believes the ghost is saying. All right. This first one comes from CCPR on YouTube. Uh, and they found this at the... Miramont Castle. Um, what is this ghost saying? Mm. I'll play it again. 
That ghost is saying, I just want a cola. I just want a cola. He just wants a cola. He's got unfinished business, and his unfinished business is that he wants a nice, ice-cold, fizzy drink to send him on his way. Mm. He just wants a cola. And problem is, is I feel like we have a lot of people who are not active listeners. To this ghost, you mean? Or to my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To both. I'm afraid we need more on both fronts. Uh, But I don't think people are listening to this ghost. He clearly just wants a cola. I don't think it's ambiguous at all. Mm. In fact, I think that's exactly what he said. Let me hear again. Okay. I kind of hear, I just want Jankos. You know those big jeans, Jankos? Jinko jeans? Yes. (laughs) Okay, here's some options. Is it A, jingle, jangle? Is it B, Check off. Is it C, let's go, I'm getting cold? Or D, you've got cankles? Ooh, Ooh, shady. D is shady. All right, let's play it again. It's one of those. What was the third one? Let's go, I'm getting cold. No, it's cankles. (laughs) (laughs) They believe that it is Check off. I don't know. No, because it sounds like he has an American accent. And not check off like check off. Like it's check off. Oh, you mean check off. I watch too much Star Trek. That's my problem. It's either they thought it was check off or uck off. No. Everyone wants ghosts to swear. I don't think he was swearing. Let me play it again. Yeah, you go ahead. Oh, wait, I hear Chekhov. Wait a second. Where's the Miramont Castle? I should have said this already. Um, one second. We're Googling and we're Googling. Okay, this was at the Miramont Castle in Manitou Springs, Colorado. Oh, so he's cold. Manitou Springs, chilly. So he is cold. Hmm. Yeah. Chekhov. Um, okay, let's hear another one. This one is from... Arkansas Valley Ghost Hunters. And it was also in Colorado. It was taken at the Fox Theater, which is in La Junta. Wow, Colorado's very spooky. Yeah, it is. Uh, That airport in Denver, don't get me started. Oh, my God. I could talk about that airport for hours. Don't get me started. I won't, Ross. Thank you. Put this out. Damn. All right. What is this ghost (laughs) saying? Okay, there's a little bit of crash boom banging, but it's a whisper. Yeah. Let me hear again. I heard, I have to tell you something. But she says it in like, um, it's a whisper, but it's in kind of like a, kind of like a New York dame, like, I gotta tell you something. Oh. Mr. President. Like almost like Marilyn Monroe, but not quite, you know? I gotta tell you something, Mr. President. And that's what she's saying. Okay. Um, it's close. That's not what the Arkansas Valley ghost hunters heard. Okay. Well, there are simple people in Arkansas. I'll say that. Go ahead. Is it A, a natty and cigs? That's my diet. You know, a natty, like a natural ice or a natural light? Yeah, like a natty and cigs. That's my diet. Is it B, I'm panicking, please? Be nice. No. Is it C? My daddy, it said, we have to hide. What? Or D? 
My man, he is fit. He likes to bike. Okay, it's the first one. I'll say the second one and the third one are nuts. Those those sound like poetry that you make from fridge magnets. <laughs> like, I don't know what the Arkansas people are thinking. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, it's- they believe it was C. My daddy, it said, we have to hide. My daddy, it said, we have to hide? Let's hear it again. Oh, brother. I hear it. Shut up, Ross. I swear to God. You think she said my daddy it said? What does my daddy it said even mean? She's talking about how her daddy said Pennywise the Clown, also known as it. (laughs) It told her that they had to hide. Now listen, my daddy it said we have to hide. I've never heard anything more clear. Here's what I could hear. I could maybe hear... My dad hit his head, we have to hide, which makes more sense. Oh, so the dad hit the head. And she's telling someone else. Okay. She's not referring to her daddy as my daddy. You know what I mean? Okay. So they're saying, you guys, my dad just hit his head. He's about to be pissed off. We have to hide. I mean, like, maybe someone else is coming to get her and her family and they knocked her dad out. Like, I don't know what's going on. Here. <laughs> I don't you know, know what, I mean? what happened at the Fox Theater. I'm no detective. Uh, but someone needs to check in on that little girl. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap this this little seance up. Let's just do one thing real quick while I gotcha. Okay. I'm just going to throw out some different paranormal stuff and let me know if you have any thoughts or maybe a story or anything comes up. We'll just see. Great. Psychics, what do you think? Oh, I think psychics are good if they're very expensive. Mm. If they're cheap, like, I don't know if I trust a $10 psychic because that's a cheap vision. I feel like a vision's got to be very expensive. I haven't spent money on a psychic. I don't know if I ever would. But if I did... It would be expensive. And it would be one that you have to hear about from someone else, not one you just see on the street with a sign. Right, right. You know, I've I've heard people talk about this stuff a lot. And I'm sorry, because I know that people that listen to the show, a lot of people have different thoughts about all this stuff. And that's that's what's so beautiful about us all having different thoughts. But to me, I'm never gonna shame anyone for knowing their worth and saying this is how much I wanna charge. And some psychics are expensive, and I don't see any shame in that because, listen, you don't have to pay for it. No, you don't. If that's what that person wants to charge, first of all, they're probably booked and busy. Exactly. Also, you know, if you're going to use their time, which is very busy, it's going to have to cost a lot of money. I don't fault any psychic for charging as much as they want. They can do whatever they want. There's a lot of psychics. Find one in your price range. And you're very brave for saying that. Save up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be a treat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, or don't. Don't do it. But I, I don't believe in shaming anyone for saying this is how much I believe what I do is worth. In that regard, we differ. I do think it's shameful, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, I don't think it should be illegal. You know, anyway. I mean, what do you think of cryptids? Oh. Uh, how much should they charge for an appearance? For, for an appearance? Bigfoot could charge top dollar bigfoot first of all a model when bigfoot move and bigfoot just freezes like it's nothing kicks that little shoulder up kicks that leg out forward Mm. and gets the perfect picture every time pops the hip bigfoot is more iconic to me as a silhouette yeah than any of the girls bigfoot is more iconic than naomi campbell heidi klum all of them right it's bigfoot you know you can't recognize tyra from a silhouette you could recognize bigfoot from a silhouette 
And that's iconic. But here's what I will say about that. Yeah. Those other girls were brave enough to take thousands of photos. <laughs> Bigfoot gave the girls one and said, this is it. So it's a little bit easier to get to icon status if there's only one photo. You're never seeing the bad angles. You're never seeing a bad day. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I will say, however, devil's advocate, Bigfoot left people wanting more. Tyra there you go. oversaturated the market and was shaving women bald for no reason <laughs> on that little show of hers. What was she doing with that um, hair? And what was she doing with that hair? Tyra was the woman. Tyra was the woman. <laughs> Uh, what other cryptids make good models? I'd say Loch Ness, Nessie. She's pretty sexy. Uh-huh. Um, jackalopes. Jackalopes. No one talks about jackalopes enough. Jackalopes. Is jackalope a cryptid? Roz. Yeah, jackalopes are cryptid. Tell me about jackalopes. A jackalope is a mixture of a, a pronghorn antelope and a jackrabbit. Uh, and it's like a big giant jackrabbit with two horns on its head, two pronghorns. Those aren't real? No. Oh, I thought that was real. <laughs> that's where it's a fine line it's always a fine line is this just an animal that we don't see very much or is this a magical creature i think a lot of people thought they were real because people would taxidermy them together a lot in the west you know and sell them yeah uh, okay sort of how they do like mermaids and different hybrids. oh yeah did you see though they used to have those in the ripley museum the half monkey half fish the fiji mermaids yeah um okay what about synchronicities are you the kind of person you go oh that was just a coincidence or do you go oh that means something i think i'm the kind of person who says oh that means something and then i immediately dismiss it okay you know i, I think everyone's that kind of person right they're like this is kind of wait no that's dumb and then i move on with my day mm -hmm. i don't know I, I guess it depends on the thing what what's a big do you have any synchronicities that come to mind when you think of uh yeah i've had a lot of moments like okay my best friend and I so many times will be like, we'll text each other right when we were both about to text each other. Mm. And we're always just, and it'll be like the same thing that we both wanted to say, completely random or whatever. And that's where like, it's because we have a connection. We're supposed to be in each other's lives. Yeah. I guess that's a good one. I have that experience with a lot of people too. I don't know if I, I don't know if I think it's supernatural. I think it's like you just put two primates in a room for long enough and they're going to start to act like each other. I guess so. I'm sorry, Roz. Am I harsh in the vibes? No, no. Um, okay, what do you think? Last one. Okay, great. What about Ouija boards? Have you ever played one? No, those were absolutely forbidden in our house. Did you grow up with religion or what? I would say, yeah, I grew up with religion. Uh, just kind of your plain old Christians. Okay. But Ouija boards were not permitted. Um, my grandmother's from Italy, so... My mom carried over some latent, like, old-world superstitions, you know? Ooh, tell me about it. I love superstitions. Well, my grandmother, like, she—this is the first snake I've ever had. I've always kept reptiles since I was very young, but I was never allowed to have a snake because my grandmother believed that a snake chased her home from school once, like a mile. I believe that. <laughs> I 100% believe that. Really, Roz? You believe an animal with no legs chased her for a mile? That's <laughs> nuts. What? They don't have to have legs? <laughs> I've seen those things. They squirm. That's true. They do squirm. But I think she, she, and she associates snakes with like symbols of evil and she like will not enter anyone's house if there's like, you know, a snake in it. And it's, you know, stuff like that. Any symbol of the devil or like anything. Just superstition, superstition, superstition. Um, but Ouija boards were one of those things where it's like, 
My mom couldn't tell you exactly what she thought was wrong with it, but she knew it was bad to have one mm-hmm. because it felt like demonic or whatever. Um, are you asking me if they work? No, I don't know. I'm just wondering if you ever what your thoughts are if you've ever used one. No, I've never used one. And maybe I should. I still have time. I'm pretty young. I could use a Ouija board still. Yeah, you should. Why not? Do you have a Ouija board? No, I don't let anything in my house whatsoever. <laughs> the only way I would do it is if it was in a case like your snake. Oh, wow. See, I'm obsessed with this. Yeah, you should use a Ouija board. As for me personally, I would never. I would never touch it. I wouldn't associate with it. It's terrifying. No, there's a big difference for me. Like my work, I do somewhere else. Mm. I don't bring it home with me. Would you get a business Ouija board? Would you get like a Ouija typewriter or something? So that way you knew the ghost you were contacting was a professional. Right. I've used them in recent times, like doing these investigations, but I don't keep them. I don't keep it around, no. Okay. I would I would contact a ghost for networking purposes if I knew it would further my career. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, hey, Vinny, thanks for joining me. This is such a fun uh, insight into you, into you. Oh, thank you so much. Where do you want people to find you? Tell us about it. That's an excellent question. You guys can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at V-I-N-N underscore A-Y-Y. That's at V-I-N-N underscore A-Y-Y. Don't you have a movie? Oh, yeah, T. I'm also in, <laughs> I'm in an Apple TV Plus series called Platonic. And there will be a movie coming out uh, next year sometime. So keep an eye out for that. Ooh! Mrs. Gutierrez is going to have her own uh, guest house soon, one of these days. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I buy her a little Spanish colonial-style mansion. Oh, my God. It's terrifying for me. And I just put a snake in it and lock the door. (laughs) That's my... Showing up to an Airbnb and finding that... (sighs) No, not, not sad face, Ross. Come on. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Thank you so much. I don't see the snake in that cage. You should be terrified. You don't? She's gone. Thank you so much to Vinny Thomas. Seriously, go follow him. He's hilarious. And follow me too, you know? Why not? Um, Guys, I love you. I love you all. Both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at rozhernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at itsrozhernandez. My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Christina Chamberlain. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch-Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling K. 
Karen Kilgariff, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. 